God is good. And all the time, God is great, awesome. Well, first off, I just want to tell everybody it's a privilege to be able to stand before you and tell you the goodness of God. Uh, have a confession I would like to make, too. Uh, it's been a long time since I preached out of my Bible. And last night when I was in it studying, actually a few days ago, something pricked me in my heart. So when you see me, I'm going to probably have my Bible in front of me more than my phone. And it was kind of neat, and I think the Holy Spirit got on me a little bit because Pastor Joy was talking about how she misplaced her Bible. And I was like, you know, it's just a Bible, you know what I'm saying? And the Holy Spirit said, no, you need to be a little more compassionate. You know what I'm saying? If that's that girl's Bible, let that be her Bible. You know what I'm saying? And so it just blessed me for the last few days when I opened up my Bible. It brings flashbacks when I was incarcerated, and I used to teach inside of the prisons. And it was like a special time. I'd bring forth the Bible. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, if I could ask everyone to stand up in honor of God, we would like to bless this time. Please. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you right now to thank you and praise you for who you are, Father. Lord, I just pray that you will flow through me this morning, Father. I pray the congregation does not see me up here, Father. But, Lord, I pray that their hearts and their ears will be tuned to you, Father. Use me as your vessel as you just flow your truth through me. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. Touch each individual who at the sound of my voice, Lord. Touch their hearts, Father, as you flow through me this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, everybody can have a seat. Heroes or zeros? I was kind of honored when uh, Pastor Joy asked. You know what I'm saying? If I could speak about John the Baptist and Herod, I was hoping for Je- Jezebel and, El- and, and Elijah. Because that's another good one. You know what I'm saying? You get to see a scorn of a woman in Jezebel. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? I was honored because John the Baptist was awesome. It was so neat being in the penitentiary and have folks ask me, well, how come John the Baptist baptized Jesus? And I'm like, hold on. It's, they was thinking... John the disciple. But it's totally different. You know what I'm saying? So it's an honor and a privilege. And I pray the Holy Spirit will allow me to talk slow enough and clear enough that you guys will grasp the awesome forerunner and understand who John the Baptist really was. His his stamina. He was courageous in a faith of death, in a faith of death. He did not bow down. He stuck to his word. And again, I'm not going to teach my opinion. My opinion is no better than no one else's. So it's going to be a lot of scripture. Please follow along. Any questions afterwards, please feel free to ask me. I'm going to do it a little different. We're going to read the story of John the Baptist and his death first. Then after that, we will break it down just who John the Baptist was. So I will be coming from Mark, the sixth chapter, starting at the 14th verse. Feel free to follow along. It's powerful. (laughs) And I always laugh at my wife because she has these glasses that she put on whenever she's reading. And I think I've been laughing too much. Because my Bible in this light, I think we need to get some brighter lights up in here. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) 
I apologize, honey, openly. <laughs> I think I need a large print, but it's all right. <laughs> it says, King Herod heard about this. Now, what did King Herod hear about? I'm going to go back just a couple verses. Jesus, the wicked king, heard of Jesus and what Jesus was doing. And that wicked king, other folk were saying, John the Baptist is this or John the Baptist is this. And that wicked king said, you know what? Maybe this Jesus is John the Baptist who came back. You know what I'm saying? So allow me to read on. But this is what it's talking about when it said the king heard of this. King Herod heard about this. For Jesus, his name had become very well known. Some were saying John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. And that is why the miraculous powers are at work in him. Others says he is Elijah. And still others claimed he is a prophet. Like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, the man I beheaded, he has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested. And he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of, help a brother out, sister, Herodias. His brother, Philip's wife, whom he had married, for John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. Pause right there for a minute. You know, even evil people can recognize the God in you. Amen. And it's not so much us, but it's God flowing through us. I've heard folks say, I love coming to Vision and hearing Dorinthia. Or I love the way Pastor Joy speaks. It's okay. What they really love is the way the Holy Spirit flows through us here. So no matter who you get, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you. Praise and worship like we had this morning. You could feel it. And it's awesome. But again, that wicked king knew something was about John. He even liked hearing John. Even though John spoke against it. You know what I'm saying? Bruh, you can't have your brother's wife. But she was the one who held the grudge. And, that, and as I read on, you're going to find out what a scorn of a woman is really... I ain't saying that to be sexist because we got some men who can be just as scornful, ladies. No, so I'm not no one-sided at all here. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to hear him. Finally, the opportune time came on his birthday. Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and the military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. Now check this out, you guys. Sad. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced. Let me pause there for a minute and let you know that's his niece. Okay? That's the brother's niece. Why? Because that's his brother's daughter. 
Okay. Now she's coming in dancing, you know, the, the, the way that they dance. But again, I just want y'all to know that because it says she pleased Herod and his. I'm sorry. She pleased Herod and his dinner guest. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath. Whatever you ask, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? Pause there for a minute. Even back then, even the wicked folks understand what an oath means. That oath is powerful. And a lot of times me and my wife just came back from a wedding. When you marry somebody, you take an oath before God that you will love that person and that person only. So it's a promise. An oath is a promise. Let me read on. And, oh yeah, she went out and said to her mother, now understand, this is a chick who really don't like John because John is saying what their marriage is unlawful. You was married to one brother. You definitely can't be now sleeping with the other brother. It's just don't, it, it's, it's not laid like that. You know what I'm saying? So she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? Check out what the mother's response is. This is what she's telling her daughter. The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried in to the king with the request. I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed. But because of his oath and his dinner guest, he did not want to refuse her. Pause there for a minute. That's a man pleaser. Understand that. It said because of his guest. So in other words, if he wouldn't have made a promise in front of everybody, he may have would have said, what are you going to do with the head? You know what I'm saying? I mean, but but because he didn't want to look like, you know, what I'm saying, well, I don't keep my word because of the surroundings, because he was more of a man pleaser. I'm just breaking it down. That's what the word says because of his guest. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in prison and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl and she gave it to her mother. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in the tomb. And a lot of, oh, that's sad. No, John went home, but it served a purpose. Okay. John was the forerunner of Christ. For him to go out like that, standing for what he believed in, was just like Christ up on that cross. Because he could have came down, but he chose not to. And for him to stand in the face of death and still say, you know what, I'm going to lose my head, but you're still wrong. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be convinced otherwise. Man, John was, oh yes. But let me, now I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you a little bit about John. John's birth was foretold. In the entire Bible, it was only seven people 
who had their birth foretold by an angel or by a prophet. And it's funny, I asked my wife last night, I said, honey, how much money do we have? She said, this is not vision. Why? Any of you guys who know me from vision, if I ask questions about the Bible and if you can respond right, I give dollars. So I had planned to do that. And my wife told me, that is not vision. You cannot do that from the pulpit. Exactly. That's it. Okay. But so, but it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Because I was going to have y'all tell me, tell me the seven people who actually had angels or a prophet. Got two in, two in Genesis. Just on a side note, can anybody tell me who they are? Two in Genesis. No, Genesis, Samson is in Judges. Two in, out of the, yep, out of the book of Judges. And Ishmael. Ishmael and Isaac. Okay, now the third one is Judges, Samson, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, Josiah, the king, yeah, 2 Samuel, he don't have a name, he's somebody's son, Elijah promised her, the Shumanite woman, Isaiah, I mean Elijah with a J, went to the town of Shun and his woman set him up a room, and he promised her a son. But it was awesome, because the son dies, and Elijah brings him back to life. (laughs) Awesome! That's five. And then six and seven, we know Jesus, and then John the Baptist. And to me, that was awesome. And again, something I wouldn't have got off my phone, but I like teaching out the Thompson Chain reference, and it just links one scripture to another scripture, and I was almost weeping last night. You know what I'm saying? But very powerful, But John the Baptist, his birth was foretold. And now pay attention as we read through uh, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. And it's kind of powerful there. And if any of you don't know, the Christmas story is Luke 2 because it talks about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I remember reading the Christmas story when my kid was small. You know what I'm saying? But Luke. Chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. This is the birth of John the Baptist. And it's powerful because pay attention. Because who he tells about it was a high priest. John the Baptist was not no ordinary child. And folks said, wow, man, that angel was rough. No, that same angel came to Mary. A little young girl foretold the birth of Jesus. And Mary was like, hey, how can this be? I ain't been with no man. But when the angel said it, she said, so be it. Well, when the angel told John, John want to know what kind of proof he can have. I'm getting ahead of myself, but God don't play. He struck him dumb and mute. But I, allow me to read, excuse me. It's just good though, folks, it's good stuff, you know what I'm saying? Okay, Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of, help me out, sister, Abba, Abijah. I'm not real good at the, at the pronouncement of words. That's why I asked my front row to help me out. All I know is I love the Lord and I can plagiarize pretty good. I just can't pronounce all the names. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> and his wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. So understand this. They are related. 
Elizabeth and Mary is related. John the Baptist is actually Jesus' cousin. It's family, y'all. It says both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the customs of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for burning incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So let me just give you a little history if you don't know about it. You can't go into the Holy of Holies, just anybody. You would drop dead. If you do your history, even the priest, when he go in there, he had bales on his garment and they tied a rope around his waist. For what? Because if you go in there to offer before God, you would drop dead. Well, ain't nobody else going to go in there and drag you out. You dead. So they put a leash around your waist. You go in there before God and you ain't right. You know how we can fool our parents and we can fool other folks? You don't fool God. Like I told you last time, like playing hide and go seek with somebody who sees everything. So when that priest walk up in there and you know what? The folks outside are doing what? Dorinthia does it all the time. They're getting their praise on. And when they praise in God, oh, same praises go up and blessings come down. So that's why the priest is confident going up in there. You know what I'm saying? So that's is Zachariah for you. He's going on up in there to offer his offering. You know what I'm saying? And not just his, but it's for a whole lot of people. And he's going in there with his little bells jingling. And the folks outside who holding the rope, they listening. As long as the bells jingling, they giving him slack. <laughs> the bells stop jingling, guess what? They drag that one on out <laughs> and look for another. You know what I'm saying? This is how it is. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't You wouldn't have so many preachers. If you would stand up in a pool pit on a Sunday. Oh, you know what? Hey, I was in the bar Friday, but we ain't gonna tell nobody. You walk up here and say, praise the Lord. And you drop dead. <laughs> hey, Pastor Earl, grab his feet. <laughs> Let's drag him on up out of here. You know what I'm saying? And we go to a next. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but amen. <laughs> Whoo, my eyes. Thank you, Jesus. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> it says, I'm going to pick up there on verse 20. What's that? 11. 11. Thank you. She got some good eyes over there. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, who? Zachariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zachariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayers have been heard. Isn't that awesome? God heard his prayers. God hears our prayers, you guys. Know that. God hears you. Don't pray half-heartedly when you're talking to the God of the universe. He hears you. He says, your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, 
and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. Mm. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah. That's the same one who who, uh, prophesied that one woman was going to have a son. To turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah, sometimes you need to keep your mouth quiet. Zechariah asks the angel, how can I be sure of this? Hold on, bruh. You're in the holy of holies. You walk up in here, ain't right, you drop dead. So you know what? Whoever this person in there, they must be doing something right. Because they're upright still. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> he says, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man. And my wife is well along in years. I see if his wife would have been in there, he probably would have got smacked for that one. (laughs) But the angel answered him. Check out what the angel says. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he was staying in there in the, in the temples, why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signals, but remained unable to speak. Amen. When his, okay, I want to make sure I read everything that I was supposed to stop. Let's stop at 25. Two more. When his time of service was complete, he returned home. After his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord had done this for me, she added. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace from the people. Now, that's awesome because back in the day, it was a disgrace to be barren. You want to have a namesake. So for a woman to be barren, she saw herself as disgraced. So in this, her getting pregnant, like the Lord erased her disgrace. And due to the lack of time, I would, because I I had planned on reading right on down through 26 through 45, which is actually about Jesus. And the point I just really want to hit in Elizabeth's six month, Mary goes to visit her. Don't take my word for it. Read it yourself. And when Mary walks into the room, check this out. Mary's pregnant. Elizabeth, Mary haven't told Elizabeth yet. But when Mary walk in the room to help out her family, because that's how family do. One of them get ready to drop a baby. Somebody show up for the last few months to help them out. Well, when Mary walked in the room, the baby inside, John the Baptist, inside of his mother, Elizabeth, he leaps for joy. And then Elizabeth prophesies to Mary about the baby inside of you, my Lord, you know what I'm saying, caused that baby. 
And as we go on and read, we'll find out he was a forerunner. He was a forerunner before he was even born. He was giving Jesus praise. Right. What do you mean? He, what did the Bible say? When Mary walked in as a little embryo in there. So for you folks who think you're pro-choice, let me just don't step on no toes. But if my Lord and Savior in the womb come into there and his forerunner, his biggest cheerleader was a John the Baptist, start cheering. It's not because he was a seed and he wasn't in there. He recognized that life. You know what I'm saying? And that life was Jesus. Even as a little thing in there. He said, well, he's different. No, no, no. 100% God, 100% man. He entered the world just like we did. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, it's powerful. And I kind of wanted to hit on that, but I just wanted to hit on that main point. Because again, his birth was foretold. And again, check out, check out for yourself. Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. They're kind of long and drawn out, but read them. The history is phenomenal. And you'll gain a deeper respect for John the Baptist. But I want to go down to Jesus's, I'm sorry, John's birth foretold. I did that. Now it's John's birth and the naming of John. Now this is good too. Because it's kind of awesome to me because back in the day, you get named on the eighth day. You go through all the rites. If you're a little boy, they circumcise you and all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And again, I don't want to get ahead of myself because the Bible tells it so much better than I can. But I done read it so much and I done taught it. It just gets in you. As Jeremiah said, like fire shut up in your bones. So I'd be getting to the good part before I can even read it to you guys. (laughs) So forgive me for that, but let me get to it. But let me get to the birth. That is Luke again, one, starting at verse 57. You know what? Let me read it up there. I can see that a little bit better. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy and they shared her joy. Why? Because everybody in the hood and town knew she was barren. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they were going to name, it is great, him after his father, Zachariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he's to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who have that name. So see, they kind of think Elizabeth's been sipping uh, you know, a, little, a little extra wine or something. Why in the world are you going to name him some John? Ain't nobody in your family named John, girl. <laughs> Then they made a sign to his father. What? Well, yeah, his father's still mute. His father ain't saying nothing because he doubted the Lord. So his father's still mute, so they had to make a sign for him to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. Why? Because he know he can't talk. Lord told him to shut up. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was open and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. And that is powerful. You know what I'm saying? But again, but did you see how his mouth was released? Sometimes we go through things, you guys. Understand it's not to break you, it's to make you. 
Can't talk about no one else but me. Twelve years the system had me. But when the Lord said enough's enough, them, them, them prison doors swung open. He made me in there. The furnace for gold is to purify it, not to destroy it. But a lot of times we let it destroy us. Don't let it destroy you. Granddaddy wasn't a preacher, but he said, boy, if it don't kill you, it make you better. But it's kind of biblical. Makes you stronger, I'll tell you that much for sure. And then when you get stronger, you go help the other. Don't forget where you came from. When you're doing well, now you know, you know what I'm saying? You forget all about, oh, I was in the hood. Yeah, I used to do this and do that. You forget all about that. No, I don't forget. And I thank the Lord for that. But that was powerful in his birth and then in the naming of him. And I'm going to read verse 67 through 80 right quick. Only because this is what his father says about him. Zachariah's prophecy. Who was Zachariah? Someone who done had nine months of silence. Do you know when you silent, God can talk to you? Do you understand who Zachariah was? He was a high priest. He had a relationship with God. Well, he ain't going to hell because no, God ain't in a hurry to send you to hell. When you make a mistake, guess what? There's consequences to your actions. Move past that. You can see Zachariah move past that. What does he say? Uh... Verse 67, his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Whoo, check that out. Someone said the Holy Spirit didn't show up until the New Testament. Mm, not according to my Bible. My Bible says it right here. He, the Holy Spirit, and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said... Though, excuse me, as he said, through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our fathers, Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord, prepare a way for him, Jesus, to give his people the knowledge and salvation through the, through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercies of our God, by which the raised rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadows of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he until he appeared publicly to Israel. So, wow. From his birth. He had a a destiny. He had a plan. Everybody in here, don't let the devil. I don't care about where you came from or what you're doing. God has a plan for everybody sitting in this room. I'll go a step further. God have a plan for everybody you see out and about. So we who want to call ourselves Christians should have a burning desire to help them folks get in touch with God. Why? Because when they get into a personal relationship from God, they can hear God. Okay? Zachariah had that relationship, you guys. He could hear from God. He prophesies about his son. And everything he says 
come to pass. Check out what John's message was. John didn't have no elaborate message. John's message was simple. The gospel is supposed to be simple. John's message, you can find it for yourself if you want to look at it, is in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist, that don't mean you got to be a Baptist either, okay? I had folks in the prison tell me that. Well, John was a Baptist. <laughs> no, man, John was not a Baptist. But it's okay. They didn't know. I'm serious. I know y'all laugh. I laugh too. But yeah, they said John was a Baptist, Rev. No, he wasn't a Baptist. But <laughs> And I even tell him he was a Pentecostal because he was filled with the Spirit. But anyway, <laughs> in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, this was his message, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come. Near, this is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. Check this out. John is teaching the word. He ain't teaching what he thinks. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. John's clothes were what? Armani? No. And Gucci? No. John's clothes were made of camel hair. And he had a leather belt wrapped around his waist. His, fo- his, waist. his food was locusts and wild honey. People went out from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. And they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But he but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them. Now, check this out again. He was very courageous because the Pharisees and the Sadducees was the preachers of the day. And back in the day, the church had power. You don't talk to the preachers any kind of way back in the day. Something would happen to you. You come up stinking. In other words, they'd have something happen to you, all right? You know what I'm saying? But look what John says to him. John said, if they were coming to be baptized, he said, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? He said, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our fathers. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. He says the axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Pay attention. If the axe was at the root back then, we need to understand the axe is still at the root, you guys. Probably them cut halfway through the root. I think that thing is starting to lean a little bit. You know what I'm saying? We are about there. John says in 11, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me, one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gather his wheat into the barns and burning up the shaft with un quenchable fire don't have a lot of time but do you know that's how our earth will be destroyed this next time with unquenchable fire the first time was with water now after a rain we see that beautiful rainbow Oh, that's so beautiful no that's a promise from god that's a covenant from god saying i'm not going to wipe you guys out with water next time it's going to be what that unquenchable fire you know what it means to be unquenchable you can't put it out oh no water will put it out no when the, when the bible say unquenchable fire You ain't going to be able to put it out. It's going to be hot, to say the least. But again, to me, that is powerful. And that was John's message. You know what I'm saying? And for him to have a message that powerful, 
Now, guess what? You would think it would take a good preacher to baptize Jesus. I'm not going to read it, but when you guys get time, same chapter, Matthew 3, read verses 13 to 17, the baptism of Jesus. I'm not going to read it, but I had it there. Read that. Because guess what? When Jesus comes to John, let me show you how obedient John is. Jesus says, John, you to baptize me. John, you know what? I need you to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, 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 I need you to baptize me for it's right. This is what needs to be done. He didn't argue with him. And who are we to argue with God sometimes? When he said, you know what? Witness to that neighbor. Witness to my friend in school. Stand up and do what's right. Oh, no. Don't be arguing with God. You've got to know his voice. And when you know his voice, follow it. A lot of you haven't heard my testimony. If I would have heard the Lord's I, no, excuse me. If I would have obeyed the Lord's voice, I wouldn't have went through what I went through. But I didn't. And there's action, and there's consequences to every action we take. As a young kid, your guy when it was teenagers, you disobey your parents. Sometimes they warm your bottoms up. Consequences. Do it mean they don't love you? No. God's the same way. He loves us so much. He gives us a choice, you guys. But when you make the wrong choice and you have to go through some consequences, just understand he'll go through it with you. He promises he'll never leave you nor desert you. I'm going to wind this up with John's testimony. And this was John's testimony. It will come out of John chapter 1, 19 through 27. And it's awesome because John's testimony, because folks thinking he's all that. John can explain who he is. And that's a humble servant. You want to be a, a good servant of God? Give God the glory all the time. Look at what John says. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders, who were they? The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Just a quick note. What was the difference between a Pharisee and a Sadducee? The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. So they said, you see. So that's how I understand the difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They were two religious groups. But the way that I'll divide the two, they were divided. Because the Sadducees were sad, you see, because they did not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's a sad state to be in. But anyway, <laughs> now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent Pharisees to the Levites to ask, him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet. That's awesome. Even when they ask him, he goes right back to the scripture. When folks ask us about ourselves, we need to have enough word in us, you guys. Spit the word back at them and watch Satan run. I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah nor Elijah nor prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me. The straps of whose Sandals I am not worthy to untie. Wow, John's testimony was great. 
But now look at Jesus' testimony. Jesus' testimony of who? Of John. You know how we all live in to one day to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what we live to hear. Now, check out Jesus's testimony of John the Baptist. You can read it again yourself. It's coming out of Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 through 15, 11 through 15. I'm going to finish with this one here. It says, after Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, he was in prison, why, you guys? Because he was courageous and told the king, you can't have your brother's wife. That's why he was in prison. He, he wasn't in prison because he was stupid like me and disobeyed God. No, he was in prison for doing what was right. When John was in prison, he heard about the deeds of the Messiah, and he sent his disciple to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should I expect someone else? Stop there for a minute. Even righteous people have questions, you guys. God don't beat you up about it. God ain't going to beat you up. My Bible says, test and see he is the Lord. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sights, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are risen, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Again, Jesus ain't telling Jesus something. What are you seeing? Why? Because the forerunner knows that the Messiah is going to do this, 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 and this. Well, John's locked up in prison. He's just hearing about it. He ain't seeing it. So what do he do? He sends some of his disciples. And Jesus said, go back and tell him. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples was leaving, check out what Jesus says. Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. Anything Jesus says is important. So as you read in your Bible, it's coming out of Jesus' mouth. Take note of that. What did you go out to the wilderness? What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in the king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare the way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of a woman, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people have been raiding it for all the prophets and the law prophesied until now uh, excuse me until John and if you are willing to accept it he is the Elijah who was to come whoever has ears let him hear and I challenge you guys whoever have ears listen and hear but not me Listen to the word of God and what God has to say, because it is so powerful. He desires a personal relationship. Know that. And I mean it from the depths of my heart. You know what I'm saying? If I could get everybody to stand on their feet, please. God is awesome. And with every head bowed and eye closed, I would like to close in prayer.
again after prayer is done, if anyone in this room haven't asked God to be their Lord and Savior, we have an awesome prayer team here at Vision. I open the altar after prayer. Come on up here. Someone will pray with you. Understand, you can't be good enough to get in heaven and you can't be bad enough. It all depends on our personal belief. And that's in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But with every head bowed and eye closed, let me close out this service, please. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we stand before you, Lord, as your humble servants. Hungry for more of you, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that your word in the book of Luke and Matthew and Mark and John, that your gospel will take hold of the hearts of the people this morning, Father. And when they leave here, Father, it will be like fire shut up in their bones, Lord, that they just want to share the good news. What is the good news? That Jesus loves them despite them. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you. For all that you do for us, Lord, I pray that you will bless the people, Lord. I speak a blessing over them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet, Father. As the teens go to school and the grown folks go to work and our retirees just sit at home and get in the word and get more of you. Don't care what you do. I pray that they will do it in Christ and that they will be strengthened as they do it. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. And like I said, if anybody want to come up for extra prayer, please come on down. We have an awesome prayer team here. Come on down to the altar. And thank you.